I'm Zeke Binion. And I'm Matt Rich. I lead product design at Participate, a company designed to empower educators to grow and impact students around the world. And I'm the founder of CodeForDesigners.com. I'm a front-end developer at TableXI, a UX design and software development company located in Chicago. And this is ProductShip.fm. We're a show about what it takes to design and build products that people love to use. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another installment of Product Ship. So we're taking a little different approach to this episode than we usually do. Zeke had an idea for an episode title called Imperfect Action. I didn't really know exactly what he wanted to talk about, but I said, yeah, let's let's hit the record button and see where it takes us. And I think it took us in some really interesting directions. So this idea that a lot of us in this industry have some anxiety around decision making. And I know it's not just restricted to those of us in this industry, but I think it is a little bit more common. So Zeke and I talk a bit about our experiences in decision making and the anxiety that surrounds it. Uh, and also some ideas as to kind of how to counteract it a little bit. I think it was a really interesting conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. This episode, we wanted to talk about something I think we're going to title Taking Imperfect Action. And to start things off, I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about what got me thinking about this topic in general, if that's okay. Yeah, let's do it. I, you're, the, the topic title sparked my interest, so I'm curious to see where, where this came out of Zeke's brain. Yeah. So um, it's something I don't know that I've shared on a podcast, but I've certainly written about at some point a few years back, I guess now, um, I was diagnosed with something called generalized anxiety disorder, which is a terrible name for a, a pretty tough mental um, disease or disorder. And, you know, it works different for everybody, but the, I think the name is a bit of a misnomer in that when you hear generalized anxiety disorder, it sounds like somebody didn't know what to prescribe. But what it actually means is I can get anxiety from anything. Uh, It's not actually very specific. Uh, You know, a, something like thinking about going grocery shopping could tailspin into 20 to 30 minutes of fretting for nothing, which it, it might be over a thing of mustard. Um, but it, my anxiety will at times kick in. I've been treated for it over a number of years, so it's a lot less intense now. But one of the things I found out when I was investigating that for myself was uh, not taking action is actually one of these things that actually causes me a lot of anxiety. Um, it can be in my personal life. Like if I know my bed's messy and for some reason I decided not to, um, you know, actually do my bed in the morning, I, you know, that can cause me a bit of anxiety. Um, it could be something bigger, like a work project that I know I need to sit on uh, for a month or two because we have some other priorities. Um, sitting on it, the act of sitting on it can cause me anxiety as well. But there's sort of a lot of things in between that I think people tend not to think of. Like, you know, say you wanted to work on a little bit of a side project that you thought was interesting. Um, not taking action on that is going to cause me anxiety or not, not engaging in learning something that 
I wanted to learn. So over the years, I've learned how to begin taking action very quickly, very discreetly in a way that reduces certainly my own anxiety, but that is nowhere near perfect. Um, I felt like in a lot of circumstances, if I would wait for perfect, the chances of me getting the things I want to do done are pretty low. And I think that feeling is actually what causes me the anxiety. Yeah, this is uh, listening to you describe um, what what you feel in these various situations. And I think it's a really interesting. Um, granted, you're you're probably you get these feelings in a much more extreme way than the average person. Yeah. Um, but. I, I can certainly connect with you when you're talking about feeling anxiety about certain things. Um, it may not be debilitating in some ways, whereas, you know, that might hit you a little bit harder, that type of a thing. But I, I think that, I think that thread is really common, especially with people um, that are maybe newer to the, to, to our industry. Um, and I'm thinking primarily in uh, at least the current thought process, I guess is, is on the like sort of learning side project y kind of stuff. Like I can't tell you how many I can't tell you how many project folders I have uh or for some random idea that I fired up and I spent like a, an evening working on and then I couldn't quite figure out exactly what I wanted to do with something and then that's just where it lives now. And every time <laughs> I open up that I can't bring myself to delete it uh because it's still like a half thought out idea. So every time I open my projects folder, I see it and I go, oh man, that's still, that's still something that I was going <laughs> to work on because I wanted to learn this or that or, yeah. you know, whatever. And I, and I think that's, that's really, that's just super common for sure in the learning aspect of, of our industry. That's, that's where I'm kind of thinking about it right now while we're talking about it at least. Yeah. I can think of a few examples like that for me. I think I know one of them was React. Um, I sort of had this big hole in my head and maybe me, you and I may have started down this path around the same time. I was having a lot of indecision around, should I learn React? Should I learn Vue? Should I learn? Oh yeah. We had tons Angular. of conversations. I, can you imagine how much time we wasted having conversations about which one we should devote time to? Yeah. I think we're not, we're not, we didn't help each other out in that at all. I mean, no. we, <laughs> I remember sitting, having a drink with you many times. <laughs> and we'd get excited about one thing and then one of us would find an article or something the next day, share yeah. it and be like, oh man, maybe that was <laughs> like, we'd actually, we'd come to a conclusion. All right. We're going to, we're going to devote some time to learning angular. That's, that's the one that makes sense right now. And yeah. then, and then we'd shoot it down within 24 hours of actually having made it. I bet we did that for like two years. No, no joke. Yeah. Yeah. It was cause you get those moments where it's like, okay, I've got, two days here to explore and you know it's every month or two you get that and so right this is side this is kind of side project stuff zeke and i are fully employed we didn't have a ton of time so it had to be very laser focused yeah but yeah i'm sure anybody who's been doing front-end development over the course of the last few years um has had that it seems like it's probably a little better today um i think when we were doing that react was a little newer. Yeah. The the landscape was a little more, a little more open, right? There was, yeah. a, and I don't know, it's hard to say like, is it the winner, there's a winner or not, but it's just, it's a little more clear, at least professionally, maybe what makes more sense to devote time to than it did a couple of years ago, which makes yeah. the, decision e the decision easier, but <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. How do we get by that sort of that feeling of, uh, I don't know where to start. I can't make up my mind. I can't, there's too many good options that, you know, it's just like an indecisiveness, right? So yeah. you need to, you got to take that action. Like you're talking about that, that sort of, I mean, that relieves the anxiety. And I mean, I'm sure you feel it. You definitely feel it. And I've, I've certainly felt that too. Like yeah. when you just sort of be like, okay, I'm, I've got to move. And then you start moving and it's like, oh, here I we go. Get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But that step, that initial step is always like, is always really the, that's the tricky bit. Yeah. I think, you know, we're talking kind of specifically about learning. We'll talk about some others too, but I think in the case of learning, uh, and probably in the case of a lot of things, you kind of have to pick the most unscientific way I've done any of my picking is by flipping a coin. Um, <laughs> That's one way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting. I am. Um, I mean, if it helps you move in a direction, then maybe that, that's all you need, right? You yeah. just need a little, just a little tap in one direction. Well, and you know, it's interesting about that coin flip. Uh, I think I was just talking out on social media with someone else about this is when I flip the coin, I'm not actually using the coin to make the decision. Like, it doesn't land heads and I go, okay, I'm just doing whatever it says. Uh, I'm actually using the coin to argue with myself. And so I'll flip the coin and I'll see the results. And if I feel comfortable taking that step, I'll go ahead and do it. And if I don't, I'll just do the other one. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I I get you. It just for, it like puts a, like kind of puts a deadline on the decision. Like by the end of this coin flip, I will have, <laughs> I will have chosen one of two things. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's very unscientific, but it helps get me unstuck. <laughs> that's awesome. Whatever works, whatever works. There, there are some things I, that I've been told by uh, people smarter than than myself over the years that have helped. I think helped me make that initial jump into something. Mm -hmm. um, and it certainly has gotten way easier for me over the years as I've done it more. I think once you kind of start doing it, then you start of you realize you see the pattern emerging and know how to deal with it. Yeah. What we're talking about now is, is related to learning. So I'm going to kind of stay focused in that section of well, uh, for a second here, but most choices like this, this, what JavaScript frameworky thing should I devote my time to learning as our example right now? It's, it's useful to think about it from the perspective of there's not necessarily a wrong decision, right? There's yeah. always, you're always going to be able to get something out of any dedicated learning time than any one of these things. And I don't care if, for example, if you spend a, a couple of days trying to learn Backbone, which is a, a JavaScript framework that's not really in use very much anymore, um, I guarantee you, you would still come out of that having learned some good things that you could apply to the next thing that you try to learn or the other thing that you're working on. So I think it's useful to, to think about that, learning things from that perspective and that it's not, there, there's not, it's not gonna be a wrong decision. You know, it, it may not wind up perfect for a job that you end up getting or a project you end up getting staffed on or what have you. But I think there's always some useful things that you can get from some dedicated learning time. I try to think of those of things like that that help to remove that anxiety because I think that's where the anxiety comes up comes from. Right. It's like. I'm going to be wrong. I'm going to spend <laughs> all this time. It's going to be a total waste. I'm never going to use gonna it. Be, I'm never going to use it. I'm going to be almost worse off from where I, than where I am now. It's going to be a total disaster. So trying to do things to tamp that stuff down when you're making these choices, I think is a good thing. Yeah. Um, Could I add there too? I think part of it too is just understanding that the decision's not permanent. Oh yeah, totally true. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of people, when they think about learning something, whether it's 
uh, Photoshop versus Sketch or Axure or React or Vue or whatever you're learning, uh, you kind of feel like when you're making that decision, this is a decision that's going to set me on a path for months or years or some big amount of time. And the truth is you can go down a path for a week or two and, you know, just as easily choose something else at the end of that. For sure. There, there are very few things that are going to box you in to such a degree (laughs) that, that you can't deviate from. And, And actually, you know, think about it from this way. If you, if you do take a step and you end up realizing a week later that, Hey, that thing actually, you know, I'm not, I'm not actually digging this. This is not what I want to learn. I'm not that excited about it anymore. Yeah. Hey, there you go. You can, you can remove that one from the equation. <laughs> you don't have to think about that one anymore. You know yeah. that. So there's a benefit. So uh, taking there's, there just always seems to be a positive thing from taking some action, any action at all. Yeah. And I think if you lower the bar for action, and maybe this is where the word imperfect partially comes from, is if you lower the bar for action from sort of perfection, this has to be the absolute right choice for now and forever, to this just needs to be the right choice for now, and you have the freedom to explore and and potentially change your mind later, uh, you'll find that you know an example of React where we spent two years just debating whether we should or shouldn't you'll find that, you know, you'll get to the other side of it and, you know, know what you need to know uh, in probably a shorter amount of time than you would have if you really stopped and tried to carefully consider every potential ramification of every action. Yeah, for sure. I do. I envy people that are able to just dive headfirst into something and just not even think twice about it and <laughs> dig, dig deep right in and and then go, ah, nah. I'm, I don't, I don't want to do that anymore. Just toss that aside and I'll jump into the next thing. I, my <laughs> yeah. brain doesn't quite work, doesn't quite work like that, but I'm, I, I think that is a, that's a pretty useful mentality to have. I think when you're, uh, when you're working with technology and, you know, building products and stuff. I, I mean, I mean, I have just like this tiny little anecdote from uh, this little side project that I've been fooling around with recently. Like I was, it's a, it's a react project oh, and I wanted to mess around with a little, uh, uh, immutability uh, helper utility library. Oh. Um, if you know what that is, great. If if, <laughs> if you don't, it do, it, if you don't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, there's just a little utility that can help you um, with a Redux React application. Again, don't, you don't need to know what this are, these are about. Um, but I I actually caught myself last night. I was like, I had one in mind. I was like, I want to try this one out because I spotted it uh, quite a while ago and just haven't had an opportunity to use it. So I was yeah. like, I want to mess with this. I want to I want to run it through spaces and. I started messing with it and kind of, you know, digging into the docs and stuff like that. And I went kind of like, Oh, I don't know. Oh, there's that other one. And then, <laughs> and then I started researching this other one. And then three hours later and like four utility libraries later, I still had not actually implemented or even attempted to implement the, the thing in the app that I was building. And I just had to stop and be like, you know what? This is dumb. Let me, <laughs> so I, even though I know uh, that my brain works like this, I still catch myself in these situations. But, you know, so now I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to get back to that one that I was initially wanted to explore. Let's just explore it. It's not a big deal. If I if I don't like it, I can I can pull it out and try something different. Yeah. Later. It's not, there's no, it's not a huge thing. It's not a huge thing. Yeah. And I think it probably helps to, to um, just kind of know what kind of person you are. I think there are a lot of people who, uh, have that ability to go, I'm just going to switch. doesn't matter. I'll jump into anything. 
And there are also a lot of people who have their, a very hard time switching and just jumping into things. And knowing which kind of person you are might help you make some you know, more reasonable decisions. Like for people who are just able, willing, ready to jump into anything, you probably need somebody to help slow down your brakes. Um, which might... For sure. There's some gotchas on both sides of that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know the, uh, there are things when you make those decisions in an application that are going to be ramifications for years if you decide to continue with that app. Um, and, you know, I'm talking about apps, but it could be anything. It could be anything pretty much in life. Um, but likewise, you know, there's something about taking action uh, that ends up working out generally okay as long as you're you're really thinking things out um but the you know one of the examples i end up talking with a lot about people who want to take on side projects or who want to start something entrepreneurial yeah they kind of feel stuck by this feeling of i don't know what i don't know and i'm afraid i'm going to make the wrong decision um and so they end up making no decision essentially um it's it's a terrible kind of place to be and the only way to be successful, at least that I've seen in starting something, you know, from the ground up with, you know, no money, no backing, you don't have any sort of runway behind you is to just start doing and start doing as small as you can until you learn enough to move on to the next step. Right. That's kind of the crux of it is that you're trying to learn, you know, you want to learn something. So just by taking some action, maybe it's not the right thing you should be doing right now but you will at the end of it at least have learned that yeah that wasn't right so now i can you know remove that from my list of things to <laughs> things that i'm <laughs> that i'm worried about or wanted to try and software development specifically i something that i that someone told me not too long ago was like uh, you sometimes have these days where it feels like you spent like six hours and you just like you ended up basically at the same place where you started yeah <laughs> um trying like trying to solve a particular problem uh and you've worked all day but effectively you've written no code you know like it's <laughs> you're you're at like net zero yeah um but there's there's probably 15 different ways that you know that that like you, you know what 15 solutions are not for the thing you're trying to work on right yeah. so that's still that's still progress you know i i, I did make progress i learned some things um, so I think, yeah, when you're taking some actions and I think you're right, the entrepreneurial stuff, like I want to build a thing, make a thing. It's really difficult, uh, to have that mentality, but, but yeah, you have to, you have to, you do have to make some action. You have to make some choices, um, so that you can learn from that. Maybe you get the choice, right. And you make the right step on the first try and maybe you don't, but then you know that that step was not right. So I'm going to go back and do a different one. You know, yeah. like, that, that certainly is difficult for me to, for my my brain to process. Yeah. You know, it's really that I have to do it. Right. I, I don't, Yeah, I'm trying to think of a better way to think about it. And, and at least that's the way that I can trick my brain into being cool with it, <laughs> with making it, <laughs> you know, with making a choice that I'm not a hundred percent sure about in my mind, which is kind of a false statement anyway. Like yeah. It's, it's, you're never, you're never positive. Even if you are positive, you can still be wrong. You know? Yeah. There was, um, well, I didn't think this would be relevant to this podcast at all. Um, but I recently read some very interesting like product management stuff from the Basecamp folks. 
and they're talking about this concept of uh, hill charts. They're talking about a lot of other things, but the hill charts is the thing that's the most applicable to what we're talking about today. Hopefully I said that word right. Applicable? Yeah, who knows? Um, but the idea of these hill charts are, uh, imagine you're working on a product team and you get some work, right? The Say your, uh, whoever's your CEO or CEO has a vision for uh, some feature that they want to make, some part of the app they want to change. Um, they've scoped it out. They have an idea of what it kind of is. And they give you a very loose idea. And then you, product team, let's go run with it. Well, if they don't give you, you know, this ridiculous sort of set of specced out, very specific, uh, detailed, like stories or uh, however you work, um, you probably are going to have to spend some time figuring out what the thing is and how to do it. And then after that, it's all sort of downhill. You're just doing the work. And so the, the idea behind this, and it's probably, it's probably best explained as, you know, the, the work on one side of the hill is knowledge work. And so you need to obtain knowledge, right? So you're mm -hmm, trying to learn mm -hmm. something, you're trying to figure something else, something out. You don't really know exactly what this feature is or even what it should be. Um, you just yep. know some version of this is probably the thing. And after you do all that discovery work, maybe you talk to some users, you start spiking the technology, you have a really good feeling of like, all right, this is how we can really tackle this thing. Um, and then it's all downhill. You can just kind of push it downhill. It's just a set of tasks at that point. And For I sure. I think maybe that's the front part of action that gets people stuck is the realization that it's that front half is sort of knowledge work and you need to learn some things, eliminate some things, um, kind of test some things out before you really understand what it is that you're doing. Yeah. And it doesn't, it always, that part feels like you're not doing any work because there's yeah. not a lot of thing. There's not a lot to show for that typically. Yeah. Um, so it's sort of like, you know, maybe if you're, you're working, your product, your team that you're working on or something like, Oh, I've been digging into this problem for two days and you don't really have anything to show for it yet. But yeah, you're like almost to the top of that hill and then coming down the other side, you're going to be able to to finish the job and actually do like the actual work part of it, the, the end product work of it is yeah. the easiest part of it. And I'm, as you're talking about that, that is exactly like there's a, that's, that is software development in a lot of cases as well. I've gotten into this habit recently of, because I I would have that problem. I would, I would pull a task and kind of have that like, Oh boy, I just don't. I don't know where to even start with this. Yeah. So I'll actually now I'll just open up a blank, a blank file. I will start kind of, I just have this sort of like brain dump of pseudocode and some notes and like, I'm going to, I need to create a, here's, okay, I need to do this. Then I'm going to make this and this thing might kind of look like this. Cool. Then that. And then eventually I'll get to a point where I've sort of analyzed everything completely, I think. And I feel like I'm like, okay, got it. Nailed it. Now I know what I'm going to do. And yeah. then the solution ends up being like a half an hour thing. I spent like four hours mulling over ideas and digging through this and researching that and trying to figure out if this is going to work the way I want it to. And no, nope, no, nope, that's not quite how I was thinking to think, you know, yeah. like digging through the code that it's going to connect to. Does it make sense to do, you know, all that stuff. 
that's that's going up the hill. I've never heard this analogy before. This is perfect because that is exactly <laughs> that's exactly the mental model. Because then once you get to the top, you've done all of the work. You did all of the work. Yeah, it's just a matter of finishing. Yeah, implementation is like a drop in the bucket. I had this realization not too long ago, and um, I I to a um uh, a more senior person at Table XI just said, you know what, <laughs> like software development is like ninety percent like analysis and planning and trying to figure out you know <laughs> it, it's it, it actually writing the code is such a small sliver yeah of the actual job that is it is weirdly unsettling when you hit that point the way that you're talking about you know sort of the design side of stuff i kind of it, it sort of feels the same way all of it's all like front loaded into that first part and then once you know all the stuff you need to know actually doing the work is like trivial yeah it's sort of certainly happens with design and once you feel like you get to this point where you understand what the what your audience really means by what they've said or what they what you've heard in the interviews and once you understand what tech limitations you have the solution for the most part tends to be obvious yeah and i think I think the key takeaway as we're talking about this, and I'm kind of, I'm learning from myself for a conversation here. <laughs> I have to say, is to to not to make sure you're not discounting that uphill part of what you're working on as not work. You know, yeah, because there's not an end product to show all the time. Yeah, I mean that's that's most of the work, and I mean, and hopefully you are working with people around you that understand that. Um, and I just that's yeah. Wow. <laughs> Realization. <helps. laughs> yeah, I was thinking there might be some value too in um like depending on what you're doing, right? Like if this is a side project, maybe there's some value in just writing down the things you learned not to pursue. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that that might be enough to help you go, oh yeah, okay. I I really have been doing some work. Yeah. Almost create almost create these like these these things, this this deliverable yeah. thing. Right. Even though there maybe doesn't have to be something deliverable from that part of the work to sort of create something that helps you realize how much work you're doing. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, as simple as a sketch might be enough. Yeah. Wow. Sorry. I'm just thinking of where to take that. And I was just kind of feel like I, I had a realization moment there, too. Um, <laughs> so, you know, we opened this up talking about that idea of. You know, I, I suffer from a specific anxiety disorder, but everyone suffers from anxiety. And, you know, to some degree, like not knowing, not knowing what the right solution is, is part of it. But then also that feeling of like, I don't know when I'm making progress mm -hmm. and not acknowledging that, you know, that stuff you've eliminated is progress. Uh, the stuff you've learned is progress. Um, and in fact, those learnings i mean to your point in development that's like 90 percent of the work yeah yeah hopefully that's something really helpful that people can kind of think of yeah it's that mentality certainly helped me i will say that yeah. um so i want to spin us in a slightly different direction um and we'll see how related this is to what we just talked about or not, but it's an idea in my head, so we'll see where it takes us. <laughs> but um, talking about imperfect, uh, imperfect actions, imperfect choices, sort of from like a, um, like em employment, personal, like uh, professional development perspective, mm -hmm. kind of thing. Like, I think um, 
<laughs> and we were, I, I was ranting a little bit before we started. Yeah, I might have joined in. One of the things that bugs me a lot is the, uh, the I don't know, life hacker coach kind of crap that talks about like, you know, you need, you just, you got to do what you love, do what you're passionate about. It's nothing else is worth it. Um, and yeah, I, that, that's great. I, I would like to, we would all love to be in that same, in that position to be able to do that, but it is just such an unrealistic thing for almost everyone. I, I yeah. would like venture, I guess, uh, it's just not, it's not realistic for everybody to, to just be like, yeah, you know what? I don't like what I'm doing. I quit. <laughs> my passion is frogs so i'm not working with frogs i need to work with frogs what am i doing with my life like yeah. i quit this job like it's just not it, it's not realistic no, nobody i mean almost nobody has the the ability to actually do that i you know you can strive for that and all that all that stuff but like so by the time you do you're so privileged for sure there's there's a gazillion imperfect actions that you had to take to maybe get to that dream perfect thing you know that you're that you're striving for and i i think a lot of the same stuff the same ideas apply to this topic as we were just talking about a job opportunity may not be the exact one but there's probably some good things you can think of to take from it yeah and you don't have to think about it being the thing that you're going to do for the next 20 years of your life yeah you know so i oh i guess to add to that so some time ago, uh, back when you and I worked together, Matt, I was talking with a, rec a recruiter who doesn't work in a typical recruiting way. Usually people are trying to get candidates. This recruiter worked for a design university um, that was looking to partner with uh, like directors and hiring managers at companies to uh, see what their needs were. And we had this great conversation about you know, a lot of the times the advice she ends up having to give to students is, look, um, you know, you could wait for that job with a perfect company, you know, that sort of perfect dream job that everybody wants. Or, you know what, it's a lot of these Fortune 100 companies that don't seem very sexy are hiring and they're going to give you the position you're looking for, the title you're looking for uh, right away and probably more pay than what you're looking for right away. If you really want to just start off employed, that might be the better, more realistic option. Yeah. And I think you can, uh, you know, I don't want to advocate for people to just take any garbage job that is thrown their way necessarily, um, because there are a lot of, you know, like situations you don't want to put yourself into for sure. Yeah. But yeah, that, that, that example is interesting because, you know, you say, yeah, there's this Fortune 500 company that I'm not particularly excited about, like on a personal level. Um, but maybe, and even the technology or whatever the, that they're working with is maybe not super interesting to you, but like, I'm sure there's something you can gain from that experience, whether hell, maybe it is just a job title for a year. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that, <laughs> I, that sounds kind of, kind of crappy, but you know, sometimes you have to take a step in one direction to kind of, you know, you just have to take a step, right? You have to kind of yeah. keep, keep moving. And sometimes you have to do that kind of stuff. But I, I still, I would, I would challenge people to, to find something that, that they can learn. I don't know. I, there's always something, right? I, there's something in every role. And it, I think that was kind of the bigger point of the discussion the recruiter and I were having. It was just like, especially if you're a junior or somebody just coming into the, to the field, 
you've got everything to learn. Right. Let's take all the like actual work out of the equation. Just like personal dynamic stuff, dealing yeah. with managers and and you know different levels of stakeholders and organizational structures and just all that stuff. How to be a professional and how to you know conduct yourself in meetings. And I mean, there's just a, there's a gazillion things yeah. um, that you can take away from really any any role. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you don't necessarily also have to find your dream job on day one. You know, I, it's not something I found. Yeah. I don't think my first job was my dream job. In fact, I don't think I knew what I was going to get into when I first uh, started working. Oh yeah. You think you know what your dream job is when you're getting started and hell, even if you think you accidentally found your dream job uh, right away, yeah. I'm, I'm going to about guess that it, it turns out to not actually be the <laughs> the dream that you thought, that you thought it was, yeah. I mean, you know, so yeah, I, I I think you have to, it's like a, I don't know, it's a bit of a silver lining positivity exercise, potentially like, oh, there's a, you know, a silver lining and everything, but you know, I, don't put yourself in, in a situation where you're getting taken advantage of certainly and that kind of stuff. But, um, but yeah, maybe there's a company that you're not really, that's not a sexy company that you're not at least on the surface excited to, to work for, but I'd bet there's, there's some really valuable experiences in that job still. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the things I talk about a lot with uh, folks who are used to the startup space. Um, but there's sort of this, uh, innate, I guess, sort of diss of like corporate work because, you know, it's corporate khaki and collared shirt kind of stuff. But, you know, even those teams, they have innovation teams. They have people who are really trying to push the boundaries there's there's just a lot of opportunities all over the place sure i bet there's a lot more really interesting deep problems in in a lot of those jobs that you're not even thinking exist um you know it's just there's there's probably a lot more to those jobs so don't discount them i guess yeah Yeah. they're they're i guess they're imperfect and to some degree i think that's what we're really talking about it's just like the stakes don't have to be perfection. The stakes can be, I have something valuable that I want to learn. What is it that thing I want to learn? And, you know, kind of measure your success from there. Sure. And maybe the thing you threw out, you thought out, thought you were going to learn initially ends up being not the thing you learned, but, <laughs> you know, but there, <laughs> but something else popped in and you, you know, you still were, were gaining from it. So yeah, it's interesting to really think, I don't know. It's such a, it's like a, like a weirdly positive slant on, on it, but I guess that's kind of the way that I think is, it's helpful to think about. And I think you put yourself in some good situations when you just sort of take some steps. Thanks for listening to another episode of product ship, the show about what it takes to build and design products that people love to use. I'm Zeke. You can find me on Twitter at ebinion, uh, E-B-I-N-I-O-N. And I'm Matt. You can find me on Twitter at M-G-R-E-I-C-H. To listen to all of our episodes, go to productship.fm and then please leave us a review if you'd like on your favorite podcast app. See you later.